Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Predetermined, a pro wrestling hangout. I'm your host, Garrett Callender, and with me, as always, a man who's going to have to take my gloating only this one time that the Blues beat the Blackhawks, Derek Halpin. I think they're tied in getting points, but uh, yeah, you, you did a good job last game, finally. I I was shocked. I wasn't even watching. That's kind of where I am at with the Blues this year. I don't think they're doing too well in the conference. Again, there people are like, why are they talking about hockey to open the episode? But here we are. Well, it's it had to happen eventually. Uh, I, I was shocked to see that we had beat you. But you know what we can do? We can uh, go ahead and hit that goddamn music and stop talking about hockey. So it's once again, it's been a pretty eventful week for us in the world of pro wrestling. I don't even know where you would like to start this damn thing. Well, I would love it if everybody listening right now started by rate reviewing and subscribing. Hop yeah. on the iTunes, write us a write us a lovely review, and then we will watch literally anything you want. Have you wanted Derek to watch Stranglemania, the ICP thing? This is the way to do that. If you uh, listen, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't given us a rating on iTunes, come on. Now's the like now's the best time to do it. We're begging you. Get on there, give us those five stars, leave us a nice review, tell us what you love about the show. We would appreciate it and like Garrett said, you can request anything pro wrestling related and we'll watch it. It can be the worst thing in the world, it could be the best thing. You don't even have to you could pick something at random. You don't even have to know what the hell it is that you're requesting. You can just point and click somewhere on the network. And we're forced to watch it, and you don't have to. You could completely ruin this show for us by just suggesting the most boring, you know, just a match that went too long, even. You can make us suffer and tell you about it, so you don't have to. You know, I, I honestly, it's been so long since I've watched Ready to Rumble, the David Arquette movie. I'm hoping that somebody requests that we watch that and talk about it. I would like a Ready to Rumble episode. Jesus Christ. When's, I, have you watched it recently? Yeah, like within the last six months. <laughs> well, even more reason for you guys to request that. I saw that it was on HBO Go, and the main thing I got out of that movie was, I owe my dad an apology. <laughs> he, he had to work the next day. He drove me to another town to go see it opening night, and he sat through a David Arquette movie that actually, you know what? Maybe that should be the next thing is when we're home for Christmas, we record an audio commentary for Ready to Rumble with my dad. <laughs> that would be really, really funny. Now I really I, want to do that. See, so I was having a conversation with one of my coworkers the other day, and we were discussing you know, potential future WWE Hall of Famers that wrestled in WCW. And we were going back and forth recommending this guy, that guy, this group, that group. And there was a pause, and then I made the joke. I said, Jimmy King. And he hesitated for a second, and he looked at me, and then he just started laughing because <laughs> <laughs> he got it. And I didn't know if he would get it or not, but if you've seen Ready to Rumble, you will get that joke. Do you think that it was somebody watching 
that doomsday hell in a cell, whatever the fuck match that led to that triple tier cage. That's just such a WCW idea. Like to me, that doesn't even need inspiration. This seems like that's something that if you just wait long enough, they would have cranked out another one of those ideas. It looks like a wedding cake of pain. Who wouldn't love it? <laughs> Can you do your Dusty impersonation one more time? Because people really loved your Dusty Rhodes impersonation. Well, what am I? What do I need to talk about? In I this want voice? you. I want you to do an impersonation of Dusty Rhodes, convincing everyone on the booking team and everyone in production that the the steel cage from this Doomsday Steel Cage match shouldn't be over the ring. It should be on the stage. You know, what's better, baby, than just one ring? You got two rings. You put one over here. You put three cages on top. That's three cages of pain, baby. Three cages. <laughs> I'm still really excited for the day we get to do that for a whole episode. I, I think saw- uh, Queen of the Rings suggested <clears throat> that at some point uh, we need to have John Laurinaitis and Dusty Rhodes host the show. <laughs> I mean, we can make that happen right now if you want. You want to break down evolution as these two guys? I don't know. Well, I think my daughter. <laughs> having my daughter on the show was a complete and total honor. Well, I mean, it wasn't your real daughter. I mean, see, uh, did it you counts. adopt her? It's on a reality TV show. God, it's <laughs> it's hard to get I don't worked th- up. Yeah, like the second I can't, I'm not just talking about regular wrestling, I lose Dusty immediately. <laughs> When we have to have a normal conversation, it breaks down pretty quick. But uh, speaking of breaking down, we got a lot of shit to break down for this episode, man. We're at, like, I guess you just watched a pretty intense match before we started this podcast. You you texted me that you were watching something that got brought up on Joey Janela podcast. Is that what I is that what I understood? Well, so today the tickets went on <clears throat> sale to Joey Janela Spring Break Three, which this year, I mean last year, it was in a pretty big venue. A lot of people there. That thing sold out. He sold out a lot of fucking seats. This time around, it's in a smaller place, and they said to expect an immediate sellout. Is that what you got? It is. I mean, I ended up getting tickets, but I didn't realize until I got off how hard it actually was to get them. Where uh, where is I, it? Where is it this this coming year? It's in New Jersey. Oh, so like, this what venue? This year, um, <laughs> fuck, I'd have to look it up. It was. I mean, it honestly might be a Legion Hall or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but this year is going to be kind of a pain in the ass for Mania because I know all of WrestleCon shows are going to be in New York City, and it seems like all the other shit is going to be in New Jersey. Oh, that's going to so be you're a pain not in gonna, the ass. You're not really going to be able to... You're kind of going to have to pick something. You're Wasn't not going to be able to bounce back and forth, I don't I think. I think that was, that was one of the things Queen of the Ring was talking about during All In Weekend is that she was anticipating... People are going to have to take a train to get over to New Jersey and back and forth. I was kind of thinking, I'm like, I don't know. Do I really want to do Mania this year? It's going to be outside. It's going to be cold. Everybody keeps telling me how hard it's going to be to get there and back. But uh, then I started realizing, I think my pain of what, you know, the journey is what I have to, I have to relay. I have to tell you how hard it was to get there. That's part of the story. So, yeah, I'll go. (laughs) I think... Like you have, you have that the GoPro, man. You you need to do more video diaries. People want to see your struggle. That's true. I never, I never know where I can take that in, though. I always feel like it's gonna get taken away from me. Well, fuck, you're not using it. Even if it gets taken away from you, it's gonna get you as much action as it is now. And if they're trying to take it away, just keister it. <laughs> 
shove it up your ass. So uh, the next show, uh, the Joey Janela show, is at White Eagle Hall in Jersey City, New Jersey. And it did sell out immediately. There's only one name listed, and it is Onita. You know a bunch of people going to this show, don't you? Uh, let's see. Queen of the Ring and uh, Kayla from Music City Horror are going to be going with us. I know our buddy Rand uh, is going to be there. Let's see. I think Metal Dave and his his buddy uh, uh, Justin and Greg are going. Greg is going to be there, Derek. I'm kind of jealous that you get to see Greg <laughs> at, at Joey Janela's spring break. So if you don't know who Greg is, you need to uh, get back, hit the uh, hit the archives or whatever you want to call them. Find the episode that we did about GCW where we attended with our buddy Metal Dave. He was with his buddies Justin and Greg. And Greg was horrified. I mean, as we all were, but Greg was probably the most vocal about how how afraid and how much he hated everything. Yeah, Greg was definitely the most skeptical about what we were doing there. We were in the back of a Foreman Mills watching Deathmatch Wrestling, and Greg was not a fan of anybody on that show. Well, I have a goal for Mania Weekend now, and this is something I, I just kind of realized I need today. Yeah. Do you think there's any way... We set up an interview with Nick Gage, oh, Mania God. Weekend, but have Greg do the interview? <laughs> What's more likely, that or your dad doing commentary with us for Ready to Rumble? Because <laughs> they both, I don't think either are very good odds. I think and if we talk to Nick Gage and maybe slide him some ta- money under the table and just say, here's the deal. You're going to be interviewing this guy. He's really scared of you. These are all the things you're going to have to do. And you know what? We'll pay you extra if mid-interview you blade. (laughs) (laughs) So you were saying you were listening to something with Joey Janela, and that was inspired by you getting tickets to Joey Janela's spring break. But you said something came up about this match you wanted to watch. Oh, yes. He was on Stone Cold's podcast a few weeks ago, and I just finally got around to listening to it. And uh, today they announced Onita. And Onita is the founder of a company called FMW, which was founded in 1989. It's Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling. And it is kind of like martial arts, shoot fighting, and ECW rolled into one thing. And Joey Janela said that a big inspiration for him was watching, you know, Onita and Terry Funk do these ex- this exploding barbed wire match. Barbed wire does not explode naturally. Not on its own. Um, <laughs> I'm not a scientist. But in Japan, I guess it does. No. Oh. And well, that, the video, Onita, he, uh, I've seen a lot of pictures of videos of him coming out in the leather jacket, smoking a cigarette, looking cool as hell. And he comes out to the song Wild Thing. That seems like a heavy inspiration for Joey Janela. <laughs> yes. I hope, actually, what came first, the movie Major League or Onita? <laughs> 1989? Those would have been the same time. So maybe him and Ricky the Wild Thing Vaughn. You know, just just great minds think alike. But I watched this exploding barbed wire match, and there was an extra stipulation onto it that I did not see. When I clicked the video, I had no idea. Five minutes to go into this thing, a timer comes onto the bottom of the screen and is making just a very obscene noise. And counting down from five minutes. Was it like the noise that your TV makes when there's a tornado warning? Yes. Oh, that's horrifying. 
But why is it like I was like, what the hell? I should have read more into this match. Yeah, it turned out you had up until when the timer goes off, uh, explosions are going to go off all around the ring. So it's a time bomb match. So there's no ropes, just barbed wire and shit hooked up to the barbed wire that when you get thrown into it, it explodes. And I'll tell you, this is maybe (laughs) one of the best stories that can be told in a hardcore match. I want to go to an exploding time bomb match. Well, what if Joey Janela's plan all along for Spring Break 3 was for him to have an exploding barbed wire match against Onita? And now he can't. Are you hoping for that? I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I watched you try to run away from exploding light tubes. Yeah, but this time I'm sitting second row. Oh, so much on a safer. stage. So I'm like <laughs> elevated and... <laughs> Until you get in there, and then Queen of the Ring has to hold you back. But what does scare me? You know, we are on the stage, so we're going to be where everybody's entering through, so now Nick Gage is going to be closer to me again. I don't know. You got pretty close to Nick Gage in the past. Yeah, I high-fived him because I (laughs) wanted him to know we were on the same team. (laughs) You didn't want to make an enemy out of Nick Gage. But in this this barbed wire explosion match, it was Onita versus Terry Funk. And Onita was the first to go straight into those things. And I didn't know what the explosion was going to look like. It looks like it sucks. Like I mean, legit? Was I mean, it legit? It, or was it just like a pussy, like whatever? Well, put it this way. He had black burn marks on his back from where he hit. Oh, my God. And it was, and, uh, I mean, he's just getting torn up by the barbed wire. He's Ugh. getting thrown into that. At one point, he gets thrown out. He gets thrown into it so hard that it explodes, but he also falls backwards, and it looked like he had just cut his goddamn finger off. He was really babying that finger the rest of the time, but, (laughs) you know, when that's the thing that you're like, ah, the finger is what's getting me, not all of the uh, burn marks on my back. You're numb. Not the muscle tissue hanging out, but it's like, I can visually see this. This sucks. We've seen muscle muscle tissue before, though. That You should be numb to that. Yeah, but... When you add the extra explosion to it, that's a little... And the crowd was going nuts during this thing. This crowd, way different than a New Japan crowd. They're singing (laughs) wild thing when he comes out. They're ready for gore. (laughs) Who are these fans? But there was a moment in it where Terry Funk had gotten thrown into the barbed wire for the first time, and he was really stumbly, and the drama was coming from, is he going to stumble headfirst into exploding barbed wire? It didn't happen, though, did it? No, but uh, I thought it was nice of Onita to go ahead and just give him a DDT. He could have done so much worse when he was out on his feet. You could, you could kill a man. That's quite the favor. But the match ends where there's like a minute left. Oh, I should mention the, uh, the ref is basically dressed like Shredder. Like he's got the armor and everything on? Oh, he is like in a picture if you combined a beekeeper's costume with Master Shredder and a Darth Helmet from Spaceballs. <laughs> that is the referee in this match. He is uh, he is prepared to not get burned. Is he like Shockmaster's cousin who's a ref? Yes, and he does get his head knocked <laughs> off at one point. <laughs> but there's like 30 seconds left in this match. The ref is, is powdered. Terry Funk has lost. He's in the middle of the ring. Onita's leaving, and then he decides, I'm not going to let my buddy explode in this ring. So he goes in to save him, but that time's click 
counting down man. He's not going to make it out in time. So he just jumps on top of Terry Funk and shields him from the massive explosion that goes on around every corner of the ring. <laughs> God. And then after it's over, he cuts a promo and Onita's crying and just giving like a really just a fierce fucking promo. And I have no idea what he's saying. So all I can think of him <laughs> is him saying just like, it really, really hurts. <laughs> Everything hurts. It's not fake. Everybody said it was fake. It's not fake. <laughs> but oh, uh, yeah, I guess. Go check that out on YouTube. It says it's like a half hour, but at the end of it, when they stand up, this really just like dramatic 80s action movie guitar <laughs> starts. Like, you know, the explosions happen and your heroes are just walking out of the smoke behind them in slow motion. And there's just this this wailing guitar. It was <laughs> it it is set up like an 80s action movie. And I think I love it. I guess that's I'm that's my thing now. More exploding time bomb matches. But uh, just, can I tell you just a tiny little bit about Onita real quick? Well, you're not just telling me. We do have an audience. Oh, fuck. I forgot. This was just for you. <laughs> Never mind. No, no I'm just ahead. kidding. So Onita is a politician now. Like like in real life? Yes. He, not in like a 2000... politician? <laughs> in 2001, he won the 19th... House of Counselors election as a representative of the Lib- uh, Liberal Democratic Party. Well, that's quite a career change. I mean, I guess Jesse the Body made that made that transition. That's true. But uh, one of his first major acts in office was to launch a post 9-11 humanitarian mission to Afghanistan, where he I'm reading this all off Wikipedia, by the way. Uh, where he performed professional wrestling matches in crudely constructed rings made of sticks and rope to benefit the children. (laughs) 9-11 happens, he's a politician, and he's like, I got it. Wrestling. (laughs) And they're like, well, what did you think was going to happen? You elected a wrestler. The only way he knew how to finish this was with a match. Yeah. Uh, And then how we resolve all of our issues. Yeah, I mean, you and I, it, if we ever have to do the exploding barbed wire match, that is going to be pathetic. Could we do that? Can we can we have our exploding barbed wire match when we have our handicap match against one Craig Mitchell? Ooh. He well, wants it. Here he does. So we are sponsoring the match with Craig Mitchell at Southern Underground Pro. Uh I am This is starting to become more real. Uh, I've said a lot of mean things about Craig, and I realize I'm soon going to be in a close quarters with Craig. You're going to have to account for your Craig hate. Yeah. Uh, I never really considered that my words have consequences. Man to man. Exploding Damn. barbed wire. I think the only thing I have going for me is if we've learned anything from Southern Underground Pro, Craig Mitchell is very afraid of knives. Do you and own let's a face knife? It, barbed wire is like... Many little knives. Do you own a knife, though? I mean, I... Are you a knife owner? I have a kitchen, so there's some in there. <laughs> a steak knife, I guess that counts. Anything, I mean, anything stabby works. That being said, I, mean, I will not stab Craig Mitchell. I want to go ahead and set the record straight right now. We're actually, we're fans of Craig Mitchell. I think we need to let that be known. Or, or are you standing by your Craig hate? 
I feel like Craig and I should discuss this on the podcast. Yeah, I agree. We can we can work this out. But we went out of our way to sponsor a match at Southern Underground Pro with Craig Mitchell in it, so you win some, you oh, lose man. some. <laughs> yeah, he's got uh what is his name? Donovan Allen. I think I know his name's Donovan Allen on Twitter. Uh Donovan Danhausen, I believe is his, his name. Uh he always comes out with a spike in his mouth and he comes out in a you know, a plastic sheet like in Nightmare Before or not Nightmare Before Christmas, Nightmare on Elm Street. So he's covered in blood. I feel like Craig Mitchell's gonna be real freaked out by that. I hope he's not. He's representing the other guy's wrestling's a fucking scary clown. So the odds are stacked against him. It is it, this is his Halloween right now. Man. And here he's repping our pod. Uh can I just real quick to ra- wrap up the Onita thing. This is important. <laughs> is it? Is it really? <laughs> it says that Onita claims he slept with 20,000 women and his exit from politics was forced by a sex scandal in which he was alleged to have used government accommodations to host a threesome with pornographic film actresses. Are you jealous? Well, I just think he's fucking cool. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> He's like, you know how we're going to fix everything? Wrestling. I'm going to go bang over here and then wear my leather jacket and I'll be at spring break three. Government the sponsored. cigarette at the camera. That's quite the vacation. And uh, there is a DS game called um, Onita's Political Quiz. So if you've what? got a DS. Yeah. Come on, man. Well, that to me is together. way more interesting than him having like a fucking porn star bang fest. You think it's more unusual? Well, yeah. I mean, the guy in the leather jacket, of course, would. He have has a DS stuff. game, and you're not talking more about that. Well, I don't have any more information on that. I well, only fucking pull up a YouTube clip of that, and let's review that. <laughs> <laughs> you can get it. A Japanese political quiz game. Yes. I feel like we're going <laughs> request that if you're listening to our show, go find Onita's Nintendo DS game, find some footage of it, request it after you leave a review. Make Garrett- Onita, he barbed wire explodes the competition. <laughs> that would actually make a great game show where he's the host. They should get together all of the political people and uh, all the political wrestlers and have a match. You know, Kane's <laughs> used to the Inferno match, but I don't think he's ready for what's going to happen in this thing. If The Rock runs for president, he can be involved. Jesse Ventura, <laughs> Onita. Well, hey. You went to some fucking wrestling this weekend. I did go to some fucking wrestling this past weekend, and I went to some fucking wrestling that was Halloween-themed, if I don't mind my saying so. Yeah, I guess you don't. (laughs) Uh, I went to AAW's uh, Dia de los Luchadores this past uh, Friday. Damn good show. I had a lot of fun. Uh, I took my girlfriend, Megan. Uh, We sat just a few rows away uh, away from the wing, away from the ring. And that away uh, from the wing, daddy. Away from the wing, daddy. Oh, man. Uh, this was a good show, man. Um, lasted you a few hours. You had a stacked card from what, I was, from what I saw. Well, AAW's doing pretty well for themselves these days. But, yeah, we got to see a bunch of good stuff. Had Ray Phoenix in the house. We had La Parca. We had MJF. Uh, Bandito. We had everybody on this card, man. We had a title change. Remember our buddy Jake something? Yes, I do. <laughs> I learned a thing. He is ridiculously over. His whole shtick is everyone loves saying something when he asks, what's my name? (laughs) That's really fun, though. 
It is. He has something tattooed, or not tattooed, but he has something stitched on the back of his tights. That's awesome. So who would you say got the biggest pop of the night? Oh, God. I don't know, man. Like, I mean, it was a predominantly luchador show, right? I mean, because it's... They're in the title. But honestly, when Ace Romero came out, so the, this guy made like his AAW debut. His name's Josh Briggs. He's huge. He's a fucking giant. And he comes out and he squashes Joe Asa in like less than 30 seconds. And his finisher is like a choke slam into like a backbreaker. And he just crushes this guy. And then he takes the microphone and he says, I came here for a challenge and I'm not leaving until I get one. Well, then AC Baby comes out. And he comes out to Your Love by the Outfield. I'm sure you guys know what that song is. And he got one hell of a pop. So I think that's worth mentioning. It may have been the pop of the night. But, really? Uh, yeah. AC Baby is super over. The crowd was totally into him. Um, but as far as like the best match of the night goes, they had a match between the besties in the world against the Mexabloods, which was um, La- uh, Flamita and uh, Bandito. And I have like the second I hear that those two were in a match, I just in my head, I'm like, yeah, of course it was the best one of the night. Those guys are fucking crazy. Well, you think that, but man, I mean, it, it was definitely the best match of the night. And it, it just kind of showed that like the besties, they have their gimmick. They come out. The, the, the music's amazing. They have, first of all, just their entrance. If you haven't seen the besties, look them up. Amazing entrance. And what um, is their, they come out to Ace of Base, right? No. I want to stand with oh. you on a mountain. Yeah, I sang for the sake of the podcast. Yeah. So they come out to some damn good music. They have like some hand gestures that go along with it. Some uh, interpretive dance. And uh, no, they, they just tore it down with the, uh, with the Mexabloods. And uh, Mexabloods walked out with a win. Match was about 12 minutes long. Lots of good spots. Um no, it was fun. I mean, like they they went out of their way, obviously, to book a bunch of luchadors. You know, wearing the masks fits in with the theme. First of all, it was my first time at one fifteen Bourbon Street, and I think it's worth mentioning our our friend Metal Dave was was at the show. I got to talk with Metal Dave for a little while, and uh, kind of yeah, guys sent me a picture of both of you giving me the finger. Yeah, what uh do I got heat with Metal Dave? You got no heat with Metal Dave. You talked him into that. Uh... I think I said we should take, I told him we, I, I said that we would take a picture together so that you could miss both of us simultaneously. And I was like, so what do you want to do? You just want to pose? You want to flip them off? And he was like, Oh, we're definitely flipping them off. Like he, <laughs> he signed up for that. So got a picture next to the ring with it. Metal Dave giving you the bird and <clears throat> another match on this card. Um, Sammy Guevara versus Ray Phoenix. Good God. Those two are both incredible wrestlers <laughs> i didn't realize sammy's shtick was that he stops in the middle of his matches to sponsor his youtube page yes <laughs> yeah. yeah well he made sure to point out they told him to stop fucking doing it but he's ignoring it and he did it anyway <laughs> uh no worries though phoenix got the win i'm guessing that was just a crazy spot match yeah there was there was a couple of times where like they would stop for a minute and there would be some some back and forth between them but no i mean again having watched a little bit more of phoenix lately like just super fucking talented the guy bounces off the ropes like no other like he's just an, like he's <laughs> i've never seen anyone do it the way he does it don't you think he would be huge in wwe 
What does that mean? <laughs> I mean, I think he would just... Huge in WWE for him is like 205 Live, right? Well, I'm meaning just like huge with kids. Like, I could see him selling a bunch of masks, t-shirts, oh, yeah. action figures. Like, he's just so much fun to watch that I know if I were a little... I mean, I love watching him as an adult, but I have to imagine a little kid would just be in love with him because he's just so colorful. And Yeah. No, I think he would do well for himself. Um, what they would so how did the do venue, how did the venue compare to Logan Square? Well, Logan Square, uh, I love Logan Square, and I had talked with Metal Dave because he's been to a ton of AAW shows, and I was asking him about the difference between the, all the venues that they they go to, and he said that Bourbon Street was his favorite. And I can kind of tell why. It's it's a just first of all Bourbon Street. It's it's this venue, but it's it's on like a strip mall that's got like a Dollar Tree and a Jewel Osco attached. Not where I thought it was gonna be. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting. I've seen pro wrestling at the back of a Foreman Mills and another strip mall, so whatever. But I knew that Bourbon Street was like a. It's a pretty famous bar. It's down in Marionette Park, and which is a suburb of Chicago, and it's like a. It's a famous bar, and the whole theme is that each of these rooms. There's, the bar has a bunch of different big rooms, and each room has a different th- theme. There's like a metal bar, there's a country bar, hip-hop stage, all this different stuff. And they had the room for AAW. They had it decorated for Halloween where they had like cobwebs hanging from the ceiling. And there's a bar opposite of the ring and the stage. And <clears throat> ambiance in there was great. They had projectors running in all four corners of the room. They had balconies. So it was a good setting. Uh, crowd was, I mean, the place was packed. Um, I was wasn't little, a ticket to this show is like what? 15 bucks. Uh, general admission was 20 bucks. That is for the, all the people you got to see for 20 bucks. That's, that's pretty fucking awesome. Right. But you know who I was primarily there to see, right? Oh, you were there to give MJF the finger, right? No. I mean, I was happy to do that for the sake of our podcast. I felt like <laughs> I had to defend our honor and I totally did. I sent our host here. A picture of me giving MJF the middle finger, and he said nothing in response. I'm afraid of him. No, you're not. You sat right next to him. Yeah. He isn't that <laughs> scary. He's just and what is he, dick. like 10 years younger than you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Be a man, Garrett. Be a man. Fight a child. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so brutal. I was definitely there to see WCW legend, to me, La Parca, performing as L.A. Park. And it's not like I've followed his career a ton over the years. To me, La Parca was always one of my favorite WCW people. Like, to me, he got it. He was funny. They never really did much with him. He was a member of the LWO, but man, I'm a La Parca fan. And about once a year, I go on a kick where I pull up a bunch of old La Parca videos on YouTube Man, so my favorite is the one where that guy tugs on his mask from the crowd and he just turns and shoot punches him right in the mouth. I've been looking for that clip. I tried to show that to Megan the other night at the show to prepare her for what she was about to see. And it's like it got pulled down. What's funny is if that's the clip, you're like, you got to see LaParka and you just see him assaulting the crowd. And you're like, oh, man, LaParka's <laughs> he's a he's a really scary skeleton. Then, right. You're like, oh, no, no, no. He he mostly dances and plays air guitar on a chair. <laughs> I don't know. I I just I just the other day pulled up a clip of Laparca versus Goldberg, 
And the match starts with Goldberg staring him down and tells LaParka, come on, hit me with the chair. And LaParka hits him so fucking hard in the head with the chair, and Goldberg no-sells it. But it doesn't bother LaParka in the slightest that he no-sold it. He turns around and starts doing that, like, walk. The wobbly leg the, the, dance? No, not the wobbly leg dance. Like, his like the, his strut. Like, it's the very rigid, like, Ric Flair strut. <laughs> But exaggerated. Does he do it with like straight fingers, like claws a little bit? I don't know how to describe it. It's just very sharp. Like <laughs> like like Ric Flair's hands when he struts, they kind of stay horizontal. La Parker kind of brings his all the way back up like he's doing a robot. <laughs> so he smacks Goldberg in the head with this chair. Goldberg just roars and doesn't do anything. And La Parker turns around and dances anyway and then catches a spear and gets beat immediately. But good lord. <laughs> I didn't know what well, to Parker expect. I was just happy to be in a, ba- a match that big. Fuck, man. I don't know. It was exciting because it's fucking hell. It's, it's fucking LaParka, man. I'm a LaParka is he, he Is he looking a little chubby? He's a little chubby. I love that. He's that made me love weight. him. Even... I, but should again, be. I don't know what he's been doing over the last 10 plus years. I bet he never quit. <laughs> he's been doing it this whole time. Wait, I'm, okay. I'm looking at this. It looks like he went back to... he. Damn. Yeah, like, I mean, there's, like, a few spots in here where he took some years off, but uh, not not long. I mean, he was in CMLL in 2014 and 2015, took a few years off, and then he returned to AAA wrestling this year. So he's kind of on his... He's been off for a few years, but he's back this year. Well, the indies are blowing up, so it makes sense he's trying to capitalize on it. I mean, there has to be a whole bunch of guys that watched PCO and thought... Now's my time. Yeah, I don't think they're wrong though. <laughs> no, they're if, not. If you've seen his Twitter page, his header is him naked from the neck down in a hot tub, but he's still wearing the Laparka mask. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking awesome. But uh, he and MJF were just great together. MJF came out being a dick, mocking him wearing the mask, and I guess I I feel like I knew this, but I didn't think about it until right when it happened people don't throw streamers at MJF. They throw toilet paper at him. (laughs) He promptly got hit in the head with a roll of toilet paper and was not happy about it. Proceeded to cut a promo on the crowd and told them to shut the fuck up. We posted. He was mad at you guys because you're all fucking poor and threw the rough stuff at him and didn't get the cottonelle like he's used to. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, there's a dollar tree, just a couple buildings over. So I'm sure people want to single ply. (laughs) MJF pays more for toilet paper than you do for your rent. I would explain why he's a tight ass. I don't know what I was getting at there. I just MJF's a dick. <laughs> oh, but fuck! Did you, I posted a bunch of videos and pictures from the other night? It's a good show. had a, Had a good time. Did you see the spot that I sent you where, where Laparka cracks him over the head with a chair? That looked nasty. Yeah. I don't know if MJF was joking, but he had said on Twitter that he got a concussion. I mean, when I saw that video, I I was a little shocked because I just watched a 52-year-old luchador hit a 22-year-old kid straight in the head with a chair. <laughs> was it unprotected? Yeah, I looked like it. Jesus. I don't Christ. think Laparka was happy cuz MJF mocked wiping his ass with the Laparka mask. Oh, that yeah. He yeah. got he had that coming. That that was a no-no. He considered that a receipt. <laughs> did you did you think it's appropriate that LaParker came out to bad to the bone? God. 
Because I did. Was was that his theme song in WCW? No, he just had like a generic rock sample as his intro. I mean, it, it's memorable to me, but to most people, they wouldn't know what the fuck it is. It wasn't like it was a knockoff of Nirvana or anything like Raven and DDP used. How was the uh, the women's match? The women's match was pretty good. I mean, this was my first time seeing a lot of these women. I, I hadn't seen... Fuck, I've seen Scarlett Bordeaux before, but I hadn't seen Kimberly. I hadn't seen Kylie Ray or Marty Bell. And it was Kylie Ray and Marty Bell against Scarlett Bordeaux and Kimberly. And uh, Scarlett Bordeaux ended up getting uh, Marty Bell to submit um, after Kimberly and Kylie Ray battled out into the crowd right next to me. And then they disappeared off into the darkness. But uh, no, the women killed it. Um, Kylie Ray is super over. And uh, the po- she comes out to the fucking Pokemon theme. How can you hate anybody who does that? <laughs> Good lord. But uh, I got to see a title change. Um they had uh uh wrestling <laughs> that's the name with no e. It was um uh Eddie Kingston and David Starr against... who I assume is still really good at Twitter. I guess. Did they not did they read his like list of 12 things as he comes to the like when they're yes. announcing him? Yes. <laughs> they listed all of his nicknames. I just remember like one of the very last ones is, and he wants you to, he never, he wants you to remember that he is very good at Twitter. (laughs) Um, but, uh, AR Fox and Myron Reed ended up beating these guys for the AAW tag team championships. I've seen AR Fox a couple times. That guy's really good. Wasn't he a PWG regular back in the day? I think he used to be. I don't know if I've ever actually seen him there, though. I feel like at this point, I only see him, you know, at like WrestleCon shows and things Mania Weekend. I haven't seen him wrestle around me very often. I do want to make a note. I didn't realize that, uh, so the stable wrestling, it's Jeff Cobb, Trevor Lee, David Starr, and Eddie Kingston. And I didn't know Jeff Cobb was with them. Until they came out, they had cut a promo earlier in the night because it had been, it was Trevor Lee and Jeff Cobb against DJ Z and Trey Miguel. And uh, Trevor Lee was treating Jeff Cobb like he was a bum. And Jeff Cobb is definitely not a bum. (laughs) Jeff Cobb has the ROH TV title and the PWG championship. And uh, Trevor Lee, I think he still has the Heritage Championship from that show that you and I went to back in, what was that, February? Oh, shit. He's held that a long time. Did he do, uh, my favorite move that Trevor Lee does is the double stomp on the chest. Oh, yeah. It's brutal. He totally worked that in. Yeah. Um, No, I guess uh, (laughs) Trevor Lee was giving Jeff Cobb shit because he was the only member of the group that didn't have a title at the time. Was the show sold out? Yeah. I mean, all the seating was. It was like the place was pretty packed. Was it was it smaller than Logan Square? I'm just trying to get a get a visual of what kind of what size Uh, building you were in. Yeah. The, the, The room that we were in was smaller than Logan Square and it was dimly lit. Like Logan Square was like a ballroom, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it's actually a ballroom. Yeah, no, this was definitely just a bar with a stage for uh, bands, and the the wrestlers came out from the stage. That was where like the ramp would have been, but uh, no, but high enough ceilings that they could do high spots and. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it was definitely an awesome environment in there. If you haven't been to an AAW show, if you live in the Chicagoland area, get out and watch some AAW. They got some good shit going on. They bring in some pretty big names. They've got a lot of good things going there, and they perform. Fuck multiple burbs around the area and in the city Logan square auditorium. But yeah, bourbon street was a great venue. Don't worry, Garrett, the bathroom situation there was fine. So like it was fine. 
Or it was like, what does that mean? It was fine. <laughs> I know you worry about there. There were many urinals. There were some stalls, lots of stickers all over the walls. You would you would have done just fine. It was definitely better than whatever place we saw Ring of Honor the first time. I was so I I really like that AAW books women's matches. Yeah, that's something that I keep thinking about. I just don't understand why PWG doesn't. Do they feel like PWG fans aren't into that? I they loved Candice. But she was the only female to wrestle there. I don't know why they wouldn't start trying to book, you know, um, I'm trying to think what females aren't over in, uh, I mean, there's obviously plenty, but like, why wouldn't you book like Tessa Blanchard or somebody over there? There's plenty of incredible female wrestlers right now. I don't know why PWG doesn't hop on and take advantage of that. Yeah. That's a terrible phrasing. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. But anyways. No, it was a good show, and uh, like I said, if you haven't made it to an AAW show, get on that. Um, I had a lot of fun. Twenty bucks. How far outside in. of the city was it? Uh, about an hour, just under. That's not bad. No, that's not, not bad. All. I want to make it up for more AAW. I really also like that they do the season pass thing. Yes, it's the PWG of the Midwest, for so. sure. That's easily. I mean, at least in Illinois, I don't know if there's a better promotion. There's a bunch of pro, uh, promotions in Illinois, but that's probably the biggest one. I mean, freelance is right there with them. Uh, it's just as far as like seeing like just cr- like some of the top names on the Indies. Right, you're gonna get a lot of them on that show for not that expensive. Yeah, twenty bucks. No, you, you can't complain about that. But we also have a, a fucking enormous important show to talk about next. Do we? What's next? What happened? Oh, that's right. First ever WWE women's pay-per-view. That's what the fuck happened. I mean, this is a contender for pay-per-view of the year as far as WWE is concerned. Absolutely. I mean, if you rule out NXT shows, easily top three, without question. There were so many good moments. I feel like every match had at least one moment that is going to be memorable about that match. Yeah. like I don't. There wasn't a bad match on the card. And the crowd seemed hot. They seemed like they were into it. WWE needs to take notice. Like, nobody's really complaining about this show. The only thing people were complaining about was the main event before it happened. Right. And even after, I don't think anyone has anything that negative to say about that main event. No, but we need to talk about the rest of the show here. Because like, like we were saying, there wasn't a bad match on this show. And the building was packed. And they were into it. It was just positive vibes. Positive vibes all around, which was nice for a show. And uh, we opened up with the feel-good match. We got to see Trish and Lita team up against Alicia Fox and Mickey James with Alexa Bliss on the outside. Which I guess we, we could talk about that real quick. Uh, the plan was to have Alexa Bliss in this match. And uh, I guess she suffered a concussion in the last few days. Yeah, that's she had kind of a rough... No, I, th- I thought she broke her nose. Did she? I thought it was concussion. It- Okay, I well, one of us is right, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure if but I'm wrong, I'll hear about it. She had a rough go with Evolution. Because, I mean, she started in a singles match. Yeah. Got moved to a tag match. Got moved to valet. Yeah. But she got to be there. And that match, oh my God, when Trish Stratus and Mickey James went face-to-face and that arena erupted. Yeah. I had, I had goosebumps. Yeah. And when you can get goosebumps not being in the actual room, that's uh, that's something special. I turned to my lady and I was like, I watched those two wrestle at WrestleMania. 
She didn't have a reaction, but I wanted to let her know. <laughs> <laughs> well, the last thing I said wrestling to Leah, she walked by and I said, watch this. This old man is the first guy I saw wrestle at, uh, at my first live show. He's <laughs> about to Funk. explode. And then he gets thrown into the thing. It explodes. He falls over, is covered in like just black burns on his back. And I think she said, Jesus Christ, and then just left. <laughs> so this is what you're into. This is what I married into. She knew what she was getting into. <laughs> you have to own this, Leah. Hey, it is our it is our wedding anniversary on Wednesday or on uh, on Halloween. We're recording this on Monday this week. Happy anniversary, Leah. That's I true. love you. Happy anniversary to you guys. You got married on Halloween. We dressed up as the Miz and Kevin Owens and took a lot of pictures together. Can you believe that it's been a year? Uh, lots happened. A lot has happened in this year. You've done a lot of traveling this year. This is the most traveling I've ever done in my whole life. We've also been, I mean, we're, I was getting ready to say we're coming up on a year of podcasting, but that's not true. We're still like a, a couple months out <laughs> from that. Our, our podcasting birthday is January 28th. I don't know if you knew that. January 28th. So that means that day we're going to have to do something special for the one year. Yeah, uh, for sure. Just, you know, listen back to old clips of ourselves and just be like, God. We weren't very good at this at the we'll very take, beginning. We'll, what we'll do is we'll just take the week off and we'll just splice together a best of. You know how to do and, that. And hopefully have <laughs> Hardcore Holly narrate all of it. <clears throat> have your dad narrate it. <laughs> just all the times that he's like, mm, mm-hmm. I wish he hadn't said that. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, back <laughs> to evolution. Just, uh, yeah. This deserves oh, our I will attention. say within the first like three seconds of the show, uh, we saw our friend Suplex and Stilettos right behind the announce table. That's true. We did we did see her back there, and I'm <laughs> it's weird. I was watching a um a the the Kevin Owens Roman Reigns Universal Championship match, uh, where the it was the Shark Cage. I can't remember if it was at the Rumble or if it was uh at Roadblock, but uh I was watching this just like a few weeks back. And while I'm watching the match, it cuts over to the crowd and it totally sees suplex and stilettos out in the crowd just randomly. It was just weird because I think in any other circumstance I wouldn't have recognized, but we had just finished speaking with her because she's been listening to the podcast. And uh, she's probably not happy with the way the main event played out, is my guess. Oh, I, I wasn't either, and I don't blame her. <laughs> Wait a minute. Aren't you a Ronda Rousey, Mark? But I was a Nikki Bella Mark first. <laughs> So which one are you a bigger mark for? Nikki. <laughs> All right. You're afraid of the Bella Army, aren't you? I am not afraid of the Bella Army. I'm in the goddamn army myself. Oh, are you the general? I'm not in charge of the army. I don't want to make it sound like I'm in charge <laughs> of the Bella Army. I'm you're, just there. You're walking on eggshells right now, I can tell. No, we'll I'm change not the walking subject. On, I'm in the army. But I want less responsibility. Like, I will peel the potatoes for the Bella Army. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Anyways, a couple matches on this card that I really, like, for as much as people were down on that Battle Royal, I thought the Battle Royal was pretty cool. Oh, it set up so many little moments uh, that I was just like, God, they need to announce a women's tag belt. There was a little bit where it seemed like uh, Nia Jax and Tamina were going to, you know, partner up. Yeah. And just thinking about those two being tag partners, they would be fucking unstoppable. It makes me feel like they haven't really done anything with Tamina. Like, I could, com- is she like a part of the full-time roster still? Because I feel like I don't see enough of her. 
Well, they even said, because I actually, this was another one that I watched, because last night I watched uh, the, I went over to my buddy Alex's house, watched it with him and Neil, friends of the show, and uh, so I got in, I didn't realize the show started at six for us, so I missed like the first hour and a half, Okay, and had to watch it today, and in the match they actually said that she had been out with a shoulder injury for nine okay. months, and this was her first time back. I must so have this missed was, that. I think she had just been gone so long, and when she got hurt, didn't really have anything going on. So I feel like we just kind of watched her disappear and didn't really think much of it. But I thought she looked awesome. Fair enough. Uh, but like I said, the, the Battle Royal ended up being way more exciting. I think we were rooting for Ember Moon over here. I think a lot of people were. And Nia Jax ended up winning, and she gets another title opportunity, which I guess is going to be against Ronda Rousey down the line. So... Um, but the yep. other match that surprised me, the the six man tag match ended up being really good. The one with uh, Bailey, Sasha, who all can you remind me of who all was in that one? It was Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Natalia against the Riot Squad. Yes, which is a match that w- I think Queen of the Ring had pointed this out. She said it feels like we get this match on Raw every week. It's true. It feels like that's a match you're guaranteed to get every Monday. Might be happening right now. We're recording on a Monday. I don't know. But it does feel like we see that one all the time. And so you're thinking like, oh, great, another one of these. But they ended up putting on a really damn good match. Well, I think everybody agreed, you know, just this is a special night. This isn't just a regular six, man. I feel like everybody gave it a little more than it reminded me more of, you know, how a New Japan six man can feel a little more important. Yeah. And this was great. This was great. I was just happy to get to see them on the show, you know, get Becky and Sasha or Bailey and Sasha to have, you know, a spot on it. Were you disappointed? You know, they, they had been teasing for God, like a year, maybe even more about Bailey and Sasha splitting and having this epic feud. And they didn't do it. They teased it and then they put them back together. And now they're like on great terms and they wound up in this match. But does it feel like evolution would have been the perfect time to have those two have a match? If it had been built up to be happening at Evolution, I'm sure those two would have just, even if you gave them like a stipulation, like an Iron Woman match or just something, those two would have killed it. Yeah. But there was no build, so I'm happy we didn't get that. But once again, tag belts, those two would be like the female version of the Mega Powers. <laughs> That's true. I would love to see that. People want to see women, women's tag belts, for sure. There were signs in the crowd calling for it. What do you think they're holding off on that for? Do you think they love saying the word first? So do you think they're waiting for Evolution 2 to debut something like that so that they have another new thing they can wait for? Uh, To me, that might be the next thing. I think the thing that justifiably they're holding off on for that is they got to figure out a way to fit all this stuff into their time slot. I know. It's weird that that's a problem on a four-hour pay-per-view. But if you start having to do two more tag titles, you know what? do whatever's the most interesting thing at the time. I There's been many times where they're just throwing the SmackDown tag titles on the pre-show or some shit. So, but I mean like on a week, like the week to week basis, like on, on Raw and SmackDown, because if they, they're not going to just do them for one show. They'll have to do them on both shows. Oh, absolutely. They may wait until SmackDown moves to Fox because it is going to become three hours. Isn't it? When it goes to Fox. Oh, is it? I actually didn't know that. I think I read that. I'm not, I can't confirm that right now, but I, th- I thought I read that it's going to become three hours when it goes to Fox. So they may have some more time to play with, but that may be what they're holding off on is because 
I don't know. When you watch like a New Japan pay-per-view, they they have belt after belt after belt after belt after belt, and it works for them because they handle it well. Can WWE make all those belts mean something? Because they're still struggling to make the Universal title mean something right now. That's true. They, I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see. I feel like everything has just been shuffled. Yeah. You know, I feel like everything got a, a wrench thrown in it, so they don't... I'm actually curious to start tuning in again to see where this goes. And obviously we're recording on Monday as Raw is happening. So I am not seeing it right now. Maybe some really cool shit's happening. Yeah. No, um, Tony Storm, Io Shirai. Yeah, I was going to comment on that. Great freaking match. God, it, that was like just getting to see an indie match in the middle of a WWE pay-per-view. Yeah. I mean, we were seeing Germans on the apron. Uh I think Alex, Neil, and myself all kind of said the same thing. That match was incredible. It was. Wish it went five more minutes. Were you happy that Tony was the one that won? I love her. I absolutely love Tony Storm. So, yes, uh, I am I am excited to see what they end up doing with her. I'm guessing she'll probably get a longer run as the UK champ. But right now, over in the UK, between Tony Storm and Jenny, I am on board for what they got going on over there. Yeah. Does Sarai, does... Does she get a contract? I believe she does. I think she's already signed. Okay. That's what I wanted to check on. Like, like, how many of the Mae Young Classic competitors do they keep? Yeah, isn't that... That's kind of a hard decision, isn't it? Right. Because you can literally expand your women's division. Like, you can double it if you're really impressed with everybody. Well, that's what... Just seeing... Oh, man, wouldn't it be... I don't know how you do it. I know I would... I've said before I would love to have <coughs> an all-women's show. But I know a lot of people say, like, well, what would you do with the storylines? I don't know. Like, they're doing something like the Mae Young Classic. If you just set it up like, you know, like an AAW show where there's not necessarily going to be storylines to everything. Just see some interesting women put on good shows. But that's not WWE style, though. So I don't know if that would be a thing. Garrett, can we time out really quick? Yeah. I need to check on something. I'll be right back. All right, you want to pick it up from where we were at? Well, I want to start by saying we just had to pause because Garrett, Derek expect I almost called you fucking me. You did. Uh, that People mistake our names all the time. They switch them back and forth, and I almost called you Garrett. Uh, we paused for a second because Derek thought there might be a gas leak in his apartment. Not in the apartment, from outside. So you thought there was going to be an explosion outside? It smells like there's gas coming from somewhere, and we heard an explosion just a few minutes ago. So Jesus then, Christ. Well, that's important. Yeah. Like, I feel like the people need to know that you're in peril right now, mm-hmm. podcasting them to them from the danger zone. Yeah. So there was some concern, but we're back to talking about evolution. Uh, good to Tony Storm on winning the May Young Classic. I think she's going to stick. She's ridiculously talented. Emotional moment. You could tell that, like, it's cool because, again, like, the whole vibe of the show was... Just people were in love with the fact that the show was happening to begin with. Just positivity all around. It was emotional watching her win. And then I guess, what, Triple H and Stephanie came out with flowers and gave them to both competitors. And, uh, yeah. You just kind of got the same feeling that you got when Dominion was over. That's true. You were just getting a match that you were interested in seeing after a match you were interested in seeing. It was just overall a positive vibe regardless of heel or babyface won. You know, it was just, it was a good night. Yeah. And then, uh, I think, I mean, obviously a match that everybody's going to think should have main evented and it 
probably should have because it was easily a contender for match of the year, I would say, right? Oh, absolutely. This is the match everybody's talking about from this show, and rightfully so. Charlotte versus Becky, first ever last woman standing match. Fucking phenomenal. Start to finish. Everything was great in this. I'm glad that they went to the kendo stick so quickly. Like, you knew that they weren't going to hold back at that point. Oh, yeah. When The second you're starting to see female wrestlers using weapons on each other, which is something you rarely get to see. Yeah. Uh, unless it's a kendo stick on a pole match. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Bailey. <laughs> Alexa Bliss said, I'm going to pull that kendo stick down, beat the shit out of you, and win. And then she did. That's what happened. Uh, great, great match. But, uh, <laughs> God, the spot where Charlotte and Becky are throwing both of the chairs in the ring. Crowd was super into it, and they realized... They're going to beat the shit out of each other for real. And they did. I mean, even when they were going out into the crowd, there was a moment when I think Becky chopped Charlotte and it popped so loud. It (laughs) sounded like a Kenny Omega chop. So many good spots. I mean, they put each other through like the announce table. Charlotte did like a moonsault off things. Yeah. That. Oh, my God. That leg drop Becky gave off the top of the ladder onto Charlotte through the table. Yeah. Yeah, no, this this was just, I, I mean, would you say it's the best women's match you've ever seen? Ever? Um, I mean, that's a lot to spring on me right now because I have to think back to, to everything. But, I mean, as far as WWE goes, I think it's one of the best I've seen. Yeah. I don't, I mean, to say that it's the best I've ever seen, that's pretty high. But I would say that it is easily in the top. Yeah, for sure. This was this. I mean, this was the, like like we said earlier. This is going to be the match that everyone's talking about from this show. I felt like it should have main evented. And as far as the intensity of the match goes, and just everything that was happening, that it probably should have been. Just as far as pure wrestling and a great way to end. But I get it. Ronda Rousey's Ronda Rousey. A lot of people pay to see her. She is. She's the draw. I know Sammy Callahan thinks it's him. It's Ronda Rousey. Well, let me ask this question because I, I was thinking about this last night, and this is something that's going to come up in future debates as well. If if Ronda Rousey and Nikki Bella are the draw, if that's the reason, if if the, the the part celebrity aspect of it is the reason people tune in, why do those people have to be the main event? If if you're getting you mean why if, if they're already big, then why not just put them anywhere in the card? You mean? Well, kind of, but also if your if your interest is getting like casual viewers and non wrestling fans to watch a show, why do you have to get them in the main event? Once they're on the show and the people watch and pay or sign up for the network or whatever, you've got their money. Like literally, wouldn't you want to end the show with the most, the best thing you've got? I mean, to be fair, Nikki and Ronda, and I think, ended up putting on a lot better match than people thought they were going to, judging by most people's response online, at least. Is the actual reason that it happened because they always structure all these pay-per-views to where the, the Raw championship ends the show? Again, yeah, but I, to me, it's so interesting that they default to doing that because it's not even necessary. Like, it, does it hurt the Raw title that it doesn't go on last? The same thing as to why wouldn't you end a show with Nakamura Styles instead of, you know, Reigns versus Lesnar? Absolutely. It's the exact same thing. It's the exact same thing. So I'm, I, my question is, if those people are on this show to draw casual fans and, and non-wrestling fans to be like, oh, this person's there, I'll watch. 
why do they need to go last? They're already on the card somewhere. That person showed up or bought the network or whatever to see them. I think they knew that if Nikki didn't headline, I wasn't watching. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm just over here peeling my potatoes. Just like fucking Bella Army guys. Peel them. Fries are almost done. (laughs) Um, No, Becky and Charlotte killed it. And Nikki and Rhonda. That was a tough act for them to follow, but I think they did fine. Well, after that match ended and you realized, oh my God, this is next. Yeah. It just, it set the bar even higher for them to have to try and reach. And the fact that they were able to get anywhere close to an area that people were like, okay, it it was fine. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I got to see Nikki do the Alabama slam. Why don't more wrestlers use the Alabama slam? It's such a pleasing move to see. Isn't it? And it it feels like it makes sense. (laughs) Like it's one of those wrestling moves. You're like, I get it. I could do that in a fight. Is there anyone in WWE that uses it right now? I mean, I feel like maybe The Miz used to for a know. while. Didn't that I used just, to be Hardcore Holly's finisher? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good Lord. Uh, did, what, did you like how the show ended with everyone up on the stage together, basically creating the poster? <laughs> I like when a poster comes to life for real. That was my favorite part of Star Wars when they all positioned <laughs> themselves in that way on at that the mountain. end of Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah, they just all stood there like Luke Photo with his op. lightsaber in the air. Yeah, uh, Becky wasn't out there while the show was still live, but I guess she did come out after the cameras came out or came, went off. I saw a you picture with have... with Becky and Rhonda holding their titles, but she wasn't out there when the pay per view was going. No heels allowed. Yeah. She's a she's a she's a bad one. But overall, I mean, I'm just I'm happy that the show went off as well as it did. It seemed like everybody in attendance had a great time. I can't wait to hear uh Alex and Kayla's reviews of what it was like to be in the building. Just cause yeah. it seemed it seemed fucking incredible. It just yeah. it it felt as special as everyone wanted it to be. So before we end this show, I have a question I want to ask you about evolution. And I want you to think about it. Now that they've done the first WWE Women's Pay-Per-View, how many of these are your, do you think that they should do a year? I would be okay with more than one a year. I have a feeling they're going to just do one a year. Do you, I mean, you think it's going to stay to one right now? I think so. I mean, unless they saw how positively everybody responded to it. But and do you think do you think that thing it, going. do you think that it would thrive if it was every three months? Maybe not immediately. I don't know. That's a good question. It's kind of is it as special the second time? Yes, it's because, the all in question. Is what is what I feel like it is. Well, because for me, like a lot of the stuff I had been tuning in to WWE for was to see the women. Yeah, I really really like WWE's women's roster. I would tune in that often. Um, would it always sell out? I don't know. I don't know. Do you think once every... Because in my mind, I think you could do it every six months. And they just keep adding more and more women. So, I mean, if you start... If you do a show like that where you get a really good feud going on NXT so you can bring that belt over... Because we didn't even mention Kyrie yeah. saying Shayna Baszler, which yeah, was Shana, also awesome. Yeah, Shayna Baszler is a two-time NXT Women's Champion. Which is crazy. First... First uh, woman to hold it twice. Yeah. Which is surprising, right? Well, I mean, that's kind of how NXT works, though. There's rarely somebody that gets to have the title multiple times. True. 
They tend to have the title, drop the title, fight one more time to try and get it, lose it, and then move to WWE. I think so to thing- see Baszler go in and actually get it back, I thought was kind of fun. They- I th- I think the thing that made me happy was I put up a poll on our Twitter page after the show was over asking what people's reception was of the show and overwhelmingly positive and all throughout the internet, overwhelmingly positive, very few naysayers. And that's what you wanted to see. And and it, it lived up to the hype and a lot of people didn't like the build to the show. Didn't matter. The card delivered, the performers delivered. Can't say enough good things. Yeah. Overall. Great. And then uh, this weekend. Yeah. Like let's just say evolution. We both loved it. Happy it happened. Happy that everybody had a great time. It's just nice to see everybody in wrestling, you know, enjoy something collectively. Correct. Because this is something that I think anyone that, you know, anyone that's watching the indies or I think anyone could have watched this show and appreciated everything that happened. Absolutely. There was something for everybody. Yeah. No, it was a good one. I'm glad. It's a rare thing to happen these days. Damn rare thing these days. Damn. That's a planes, trains, and automobiles reference for the kids at home. Well, Thanksgiving's coming up. That's true. I get to do my favorite Thanksgiving movie double feature of uh, planes, trains, and automobiles, and Zach and Mary make a porno. See, mine's Adam's Family Values. Okay. I love that one. Uh, But yeah, we've got a couple big ones coming up this weekend. We have the Jericho Cruise on Friday, which I believe is where they're doing Omega, the Omega Club, or the, what was it, the... Bucks of Jericho versus the Bullet Club. Yeah, uh, isn't that going on right now? That cruise. The cruise is happening now, but I think that specific show where that match is happening is going to be televised. I think Friday, and then what is it? Saturday morning is the next New Japan pay per view where Jericho's fighting Evil. Damn. Yeah. So he's got a busy fucking week. <laughs> Hopefully, the weather cooperates with his flight. That seems and pretty his risky. Boat. Jesus. <laughs> but I guess if he misses it, then all of them are missing it. Yeah. They're all there. <laughs> I wonder how New Japan feels about that. International waters, anything goes, it's fine. <laughs> Exploding barbed wire match on a boat. Do you think Evil's the guy he drops that title to? Or do you think they have him carry it until Wrestle Kingdom and get like Okada versus Jericho for the IC title? God, that's what I would like to see. That would that's a big match. That would be really cool to see. Cause those two are fucking cuckoo right now. Oh my god! Those, yeah, it's just a, a just a meeting of the minds, the the weird minds. Well, I hope that's what happened. But may, maybe they're they're sad about not having the IC belt around anymore. So, I I really do miss it. I think you know, I feel like the guys in New Japan are pretty good about being there and working. And he's not, so it kind of feels weird. Like, I don't want Jericho to get to, like, the Brock Lesnar point in New Japan. I don't want him to get to the point where it's annoying that he's there and not there. Are you sure? It might just be funny. But I, I would like to, for him to cut promos more often and just remind us that he's not there. Well, then do that. Just don't show up but cut funny promos. Yeah, I love the promos. Didn't he cut one promo from the middle of a field? Yeah. <laughs> do more of that. Where there's just like a bicycle behind him and he's just like, what? He was yelling about something and he's like, and here's a turtle. (laughs) I want more Jericho iPhone promos. You weird bastard. Well, you know what, Derek? I actually have to carve a pumpkin. Good for you. 
Yeah, it's it's not quite Halloween, and I've got to carve a pumpkin. I can see it from where I'm at. We've gone over an hour. Uh, I mean, like, we're almost an hour and ten minutes. I don't know how much of this is cut out for you guys. You don't know where I'm at. But uh, I want to go carve this. Can I carve this now? Go carve your pumpkin. It's the right time of the year to do that. So, you know I sign off on it. So, we should get the hell out of here. Derek, where can the boys and girls find you on the uh, the social medias? Guys, if you like the podcast, you know where to find us. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on pre- uh, We're on uh, uh, Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> If you want to find us on social media, we are at Wrestle Hangout on Facebook, at Wrestle Hangout on Twitter, at Predetermined Podcast on Instagram. As we said before, get on iTunes, give us those five stars, leave us a review. We'll love you forever. And you can recommend a match to us that we'll watch. Anything that's pro wrestling related, we'll watch. Get on it. Thanks for listening. Derek's at Halloween Halpin on Twitter. I'm at Gartet on Twitter and Instagram. And be sure to come to Southern Underground Pro this weekend, November 4th. It's at Basement East. Doors are at 1.30. Uh, the show starts at 2. The main event is Marco Stunt versus Brett Eisen. You've heard us talk about Marco Stunt a bunch. you got to see this guy live. A lot of fun. And also, we're sponsoring a match. You've heard us talk about Craig Mitchell. I've had a feud with this man. He hasn't really had a feud with me. It's been more one-sided. Maybe this weekend he chops me. Maybe I apologize. I don't know. But it's Craig Mitchell versus Trip Cassidy versus Danhausen. Uh it's gonna be gonna be a fun show. I hope to see you there. Come say hi if you see me. Garrett, this has been a good show. But I think it's time to hit our goddamn music. <laughs>